This is the Career Insights Podcast, brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland Careers and Employability Team. Hello and welcome to another episode of Career Insights, where it's all about how to develop your professional identity, engage with industry and build experience, strengthen your confidence in career planning and become the most employable you can be. I'm Jennifer Luke, Career Development Practitioner and Researcher with the University of Southern Queensland and a member of USQ's Careers and Employability team. Flexible career planning, that's our focus today. And it's not a linear path. Your career has and will have multiple pathways. Today's guest is a chemical and materials engineer and food scientist and researcher that leads the Bachelor of Science Food Science major at USQ, as well as being an associate head for Outreach Engagement and International. A strong networker via social media and always happy to talk about food science and what a food scientist does, I'd really like to welcome today Dr. Polly Bury. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. It's really exciting to be here. I know. Well, look, we're excited to have you, Polly. Um, Look, to start off with, could I ask for an overview of what your current roles are? Because I know I only covered probably some of the things that you do. Yeah, okay. Um, Now, I guess tying into that whole flexibility thing, I often stick my hand up for things that interest me. So um, (laughs) I've actually been at USQ probably four years. Um, So 10th of July this month, Um, it will be exactly four years that I've been at USQ. Um, And I originally came, as you said, to come and lead the new food science major, um, because I'd had a background in food process engineering and technology and so on beforehand. Um, But then one thing I really love um, is the outreach and engagement, as you say, sharing Mm. knowledge, sharing the fun of of what we do. Um, And so yes, you had the um, leading the food science major, the associate head for outreach and engagement, Um, I also lead a research team um, where we are focused on preventing food and packaging waste. Um, And so looking at pathways for things that may not necessarily be recyclable, but, you know, can we turn them into other interesting things? Um, And that team, we have a mix of different engineers, scientists, um, people from business as well, um, and all sorts of things. So uh, I guess tying again into the flexibility thing. I like working with people um, who've got different backgrounds, different perspectives, and being flexible enough to to talk to people with these other perspectives um, leads you to be able to do other interesting things. And more recently, I stuck my hand up for something else. Um, So I'm on the academic board now as a female rep um, for STEM, um, and I'm learning a lot. Uh, So flexibility is about learning new things as well, I think. (laughs) Oh, now look, and Polly, everything you just said said there, that is why uh, talking about flexible career planning, you were the immediate person that came to mind about, yes, let's have a chat about this. And the fact you also mentioned STEM, so looking at that science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and all the different disciplines that you're working with and that you've reached out to, this is just the perfect example of how you're looking at it from multiple pathways and you're also encouraging students to look that way too. Uh, And so with everything that you're doing, which sounds like a pretty full plate, to be honest, there's a lot going on. Uh, What were some of your influences that led you into, you know, your initial study? So when you first went to university and were studying, which I believe that was where you were looking more at that chemical and materials engineering. Is that correct? 
Yes. Um, so, uh, uh, harking back to high school, which was a long time ago, um, I always had interests in science and maths. So I actually grew up in New Zealand. And um, I, I think going through my final year, we had bursary, which is like ATAR or whatever they call it here. Um, <laughs> and I actually ended up doing uh, maths with calculus, the three sciences, biology, chemistry, physics, and English. Um, and so had five, um, ended up with a, a good enough score to get into certain things. Um, I'm actually from an Indian family and we always joke, you're gonna be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so I did apply to, um, lawyer didn't interest me. Um, I was more interested in the STEM side of things. So I did actually apply to get into med and to get into engineering. Um, and I, the reason I picked chemical materials is because I was interested in chemistry. Um, and people always tell me they're scared of chemistry. And I'm like, no, no, you see chemistry every day. But anyway, that's another thing. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, they might have a bit more chemistry. It was nothing to do with chemistry. Well, a little bit to do with chemistry, um, mm -hmm. but it was more focused on engineering. And um, the reason I ended up with that, I got, I did get... I did get accepted into med at one uni, but not the local one, um, to where I was. And I just sort of thought, you know what, I'll do engineering and see what I want to do um, at the end of it. And I would say, you're talking about career planning. I would say there's always been partial planning. <laughs> and then also just opportunity. You know, oh, this looks interesting. Let's go do that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I did my first year of um, chemical materials engineering at the University of Auckland um, back in New Zealand. Um, and at the time, you were allowed to pick your discipline of engineering, um, but they gave you a second year. If you decide you didn't like that one, you wanted to switch to another one, you could. Um, we actually found quite a few people switched into ours because it was quite interesting. Um, mm -hmm. And I think what I liked about chemical materials engineering is it's focused on physical things um, around you mm. and how they're made and what goes into making those and how you can make them better um, and then I guess the focus more these days is how you can do it sustainably so you're not draining resources um, that are limited and uh, how you can get you know renewable resources not just for things like energy but for anything out there um, that you want to make so I guess harking back to that whole chemistry thing which is about you know the molecules around us and how they they mix together. Engineering is the biggest, larger scale version um, yeah. of that from, from my area. And food is an example of a material. Um, but I fell into that and I can talk about that later. <laughs> well, I think I'll bring it up in a moment, Polly. But yeah. um, thank you for sharing all of that, because as you were explaining all of that, you were talking about how as you were going along, it was like, okay, what opportunities have come out so far at this step? And then you've gone, oh, here's something that I'm really interested in and you've moved into that. And that's so perfect as an example of being flexible is that you didn't go into your studies and go, I'm just going to study this and that's and I'm looking at what you're doing on the screen at the moment and we're both doing it with our hands. It's just <laughs> straight down the line. That's not what we um, you do is that you look at, where opportunities come and would it be safe to say then that as you were studying through your undergrad is that where you are now probably wasn't even on the radar some of the yep. stuff that you're involved in absolutely um so i've been teaching first years for quite some time um and 
often what I do find is they do come in, they go, I'm going to be this kind of scientist or this kind of engineer. And that's what I'm going to do. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. And and we've got the straight path to where I want to go. Um, And as you say, career paths are not a straight line these days. Mm. Um, And I would say also it's not just your educational knowledge and skills that you've built up, but your personality and your interests in terms of of what you find you want to do. Um, Mm. And so, like I said, be open. So don't have your blinkers on saying, this is what I'm going to do. Um, because what you might end up with, uh, and what I find, is that the sectors that are important into the future change. So we're seeing this in the energy sector, where it's changing in terms mm. of the, the core resources that are focused for future energy. Um, and so if you were in oil and gas 20 years ago, that was still okay I've got friends who are still in the sector um, but it's moving in terms of moving into the renewables things like hydrogen batteries solar etc all sorts of things um, and so being open to how things are changing rather than at this point in time this is my next 20 30 years that doesn't work anymore no and what you were just talking about there, Polly, you've really answered the next question I was going to ask, which is great, which is all the skills and the knowledge and, and your yeah. attitudes that yeah. you have in your studies and, and what you are encouraging with your students can go across different industries because you mentioned quite a few there uh, yes. that you know are not actually related directly with your particular discipline. Um, you can move across. So if I said just pick like top three or at least three of the big ones, what would be some of those industries? I know you've said some of them already, but what would yeah. be about three industries you would say is that, yeah, your skills and your students' skills would definitely be attractive to them? This is really interesting. So I've talked to some of my graduates I taught a handful of years ago who did go and do a chemical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. What they said they noticed, which was really interesting, because I, I think I was before my time, um, they said yeah. a lot of chemical engineering uh, engineers are now moving from energy sectors like oil and gas over to food. So the food industry is actually hiring a lot of engineers. And I have talked to people in the industry sector saying, you know, we love chemical engineers um, because mm-hmm. they understand, you know, how to take raw materials to a finished product, which is what happens in food manufacturing. So, for example, and uh, you know, just think of what it takes to make cheese on a large scale. Um, mm. A chemical engineer who has the background to understand that um, can do it. And I've got students who are like in Arnott's making biscuits um, and they started out as engineers um, and, and yeah. focused on things like sustainability. So, um, yeah, I would say as a, a chemical engineer, you've got quite a lot of flexibility in terms of the sectors you can go into. So I've mentioned food, mm. um, energy, uh, water, Yes. Um, is quite common, so um, wastewater, water treatment, etc. So a lot of the, the big resources um, that we tend to use um, is and, and try and sustainably and efficiently use um, is where engineers of my type tend to go. Um, and I would have to say for me, I'll, I'll mention what I ended up doing when I um, was going through. So I um, did two placements as an undergraduate. One was in plastic injection moulding, um, and the other one was in steel wire, um, mm-hmm. how steel wire made, um, and that was super interesting. My first job coming out was actually in the timber industry, um, and then I thought, well, I've been in industry, but uh, what, what happens in industry sometimes? Once you find, and, and this was historical, once you find a process that works, you tend to stick with it, and then there's no new, not necessarily always, 
new mm. stuff that you're exploring I said I'm, I think I'm more suited to research than to <laughs> than to yeah. uh, sitting in this so I, I ended up um, going back to uni to do my PhD um, mm. I was originally going to work in bioplastics um, but then one of the people and this is how I ended up coming to Australia one of the people in the research group that I was going to work with one of their colleagues said we've got this project working with Cadbury would you like to take that one instead <laughs> and that was that was sort of like that pivotal moment type stuff I'm like do I want to do this yeah. <laughs> and yeah yes. and they said yeah I said yeah all right <laughs> and it, it was a wonderful experience and I would say what that allowed me to do when you when you're a PhD researcher sometimes you're buried in the fundamental research but what that project allowed me to do is to retain a link to industry mm. um, and to that um, not just the research but the development and the translation of your findings out to industry and that's what I've always enjoyed so I'm a I'm a lifelong fence sitter um, in terms of I want to do this but I want to do that um, and trying to find ways to make that happen. And you know what, uh, Polly, even just what you mentioned about research, I have to sort of stop myself because we could launch into a whole podcast episode just on what you mentioned there about research and about connecting in with industry and making it relatable. Uh, But it's interesting how you were talking about like plastic injection and then you were saying about the timber industry and then it's like, why don't I go and work for Cat, you know, work alongside Cadbury's or, you know, working in that, that food side. But that's what's so fantastic is just showing where the pathways can open. Um, Mm. And if you had your blinkers on and just went, no, I'm only focusing in this one area, uh, all those opportunities would have just gone by and you wouldn't have not not had them. Uh, So what I would say here then, and I sort of have a feeling I already know what your answer is going to be, but what are your thoughts on having a broad understanding of changes in economic and social trends? Very important. So it harks back to my comments about how the energy sector has been changing in the last two decades. Yes. Like yeah. I said, I graduated, uh, so I finished my degree at the end of 2000, graduation April 2001. Um, I had, like as I mentioned, I had, had friends that went into the energy sector and at the time it was still oil and gas focused. Um, what I'm seeing now, though, is they're starting to shift um, into, mm. and they're still in that sector, but they're starting to shift into things more like hydrogen um, and other things as well um, because exploring new ways to do things is necessary um, because of the way that the world is changing um, in terms of resources. So Mm -hmm. as I said, your job now, you need to think about whether it would still exist um, later on. And and if if it won't, that's okay. But you need to always, as I say, be open to opportunities for what will be there. Um, in 20 or 30 years. So keeping an eye on economic and social um, influences on the areas that you're going to be working on is really key to, I guess, longevity in a career. And sometimes people make the decision that they want to have a career change. Um, so they end up, you know, retraining to do something else. And some of my students are good examples of that as well. They've worked in one area. Um, they want to switch to another area. So I had a really good example, super good example yesterday. Um, one of my students wanted to be placed um, at a um, one of my contacts as a cake, uh, a gourmet cake manufacturer. And I thought that would be a wonderful job. Um, yeah. and, uh, and his background was actually in environmental um, science. He, he has a background in that. And I said, actually, you would be really good on one of my research projects, which is completely removed from food. Um, but I know his interests are now in that area. So, um, yeah, he's just recognised. 
I've just looked at his CV and he's, he's got that same sort of flexibility there you go. Um, that he's had in terms yeah. of roles and just things that suit his interests, suit his skills, suit opportunities. I think from the student, what I know of him, he's quite relaxed. Well, he appears quite relaxed mm-hmm. about things. Things are going to come along. I'll find something interesting. I'll, I'll follow what's going on. And I, I would have to say for me, I had to learn that um, because <laughs> Fresh out of uni, I was a bit blinkered, um, but I had to learn to have that more relaxed nature about opportunities and recognising them when they come along. That's it. And I think that's key because I was about to ask about your uh, opinions on having a flexible mindset, but you just gave us a fantastic example right there. But the fact that you mentioned about how you've had to learn from when you first went to university uh, to where you are now is having a more relaxed approach. Don't be stressed Mm. about if I don't do this, then I've completely blown it and I don't have any other Mm. opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I I am 20 years post undergraduate yes I would say (laughs) and so I've I've had plenty of time to just follow whatever I want to do Um, and one of my students and and I do often have a lot of things that I'm doing at once one of my students sort of used a metaphor she goes you're like a butterfly flying from one thing to another Mm. Um, just whatever takes your fancy but still within the framework of things I have Mm. to do and have to achieve but um, yeah that I did say yesterday on a LinkedIn post actually one of the things I love about my job is the autonomy or the flexibility to follow things that interest me um, and keep things fun so after 20 years of being an academic I was asked yesterday why am I not jaded Um, (laughs) (laughs) was that another academic asking you that (laughs) it was (laughs) and um, I said oh no I make my own fun um, within the realms of what it is that I have to do Um, and that just keeps me interested that's it. And, and I think the fact that you're very flexible and, as you said, you know, you're still looking for fun, what interests you, but you still have that structure. You still have a plan, but yeah. you're just open for opportunities. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know that's how you approach it with, with your students. And um, I would then say, Polly, is that with everything that you've been sharing, which has been fantastic, I do know that you, and I mentioned it at the start of the episode, that I do know that you have a very strong social media presence because you've stepped out and you've and I think you've even got a podcast I think you yes do. I've, I've got to get back to catching up on it because science week is very soon ah, um, yes. but my, my, my goal was 10 solid episodes and I've just got two there you go <laughs> yeah but, but the yeah. fact you've embraced that like that um new form of technology which when you were doing your undergrad social media wasn't around yeah. uh so really just the final part uh that I'd focus on now is the value of personal connections when you're building your career and this yep. is both, you know, the traditional way in person mm-hmm. or by letter mm-hmm. or by email, but also now by social media. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to ask, have you embraced it? Because I know you have. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. uh, what would be your thoughts or your insights that if you were talking to a student about the importance, how it could open up opportunities, what would you say uh, to a student? Oh yeah, I tell all my students hop on LinkedIn um, for sure. Um, and normally what I do, especially with my food students, because my network into the food industry is um, mm. fairly sizable, is um, kind of introduce them in a way um, online to some of the people that are my connections there. So one of them last year, we ended up getting her an internship at the cake manufacturer, by the way. Um, <laughs> and they said, do you have another student like her? Because <laughs> they ended up employing her straight out of um, 
placement and they said do you do you have another student like her and they want to start a graduate program now um so, wow yes. i love the yeah. fact one of your connections is a cake manufacturer uh yeah, yeah. No, no. uh i will send you the link jennifer because oh. their, their oh. catalog is a visual delight oh um, so. okay well that's a bonus yeah <laughs> but uh and, and that's the thing uh polly is that with these connections uh for you yourself, when you jumped on social media, so whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn, uh, through your podcast, other avenues, how have you experienced that in terms of opening up new opportunities or partnerships uh, that it was through that social media that you connected in? It's really funny. Um, so I've watched, like I've only been on Twitter since I came to USQ about four years. Um, and my thinking was, well, I'm going to be the lead of an entire program. I better have some kind of presence somewhere um and I hopped on and I'd never been on Twitter properly um until then and I didn't know it can be a minefield sometimes um but anyway uh, what I did was look at other professional uh, sorry other colleagues who are academics and in the industry and what their accounts are like and there's quite a range of ways in which people use mm. their accounts um so some are very professional they highlight the sort of work things that they're doing um and so on and some of the conversations they have are very professionally focused um I'm not stuck completely in that mode. Um, mm. So I, I have a mix of personal and professional connections across my social media. Um, I would have to say mixing the two in a way has actually been really, really valuable. Um, so when I hopped on um, Twitter for the first time four years ago, um, I went around looking at, you know, who are the food scientists I could link to um, around mm. Australia at least and internationally. Um, and a very good colleague of mine um, who's quite high profile, and I love her so much, um, she, uh, we, we, we sort of connected on Twitter and I'd never met her in person at that time. But in it, I managed just through that personal sort of interaction and having fun and talking about food but joking around as well, um, she was instrumental in me being able to have an invited talk at the Academy of Science. Um, and mm. I just completely said, I'm not quite sure why you chose me and she goes I just thought you'd be good and so, <laughs> and so that's how it happened um I would say probably what you see on my social media is what you would get in person um mm. yeah it's it like I said it's not just the professional face um that I have um but it's what I am like as well and it's up yes. to you to decide how you do it um, so I, um, yeah, I, I, I do have little joking comments I do, but then I do have professional posts that I do um, across them. LinkedIn for me is a little bit different because the, the forum is different to Twitter. Mm. Um, but I mix in, I would say, a lot more professional ones. Um, but a lot, I would say there's a bit of a personal focus as well mm. um, in there. So uh, yesterday I saw a post about do you love or like your job? And I wanted to be able to comment on that because there are aspects you know, why I love my job, there are certain aspects of that. And some people mm. benefit from knowing it or remembering that there's something they must like or love about mm. what they do. Um, because enjoying, I would say after 20 years, enjoying what I do is probably of prime importance. Um, yes. Yes. Um, I've had the, yes, I've got to build up my professional um persona yeah. um but yeah i'm at the point now i'm just going to enjoy what i do now mm. and i would like for my students and my researchers um, and teaching staff to be able to do the same thing and look this is perfect so with what you were saying there uh 
you're having that flexible approach, you're very structured, but you're also putting out a very authentic, this is Polly, this is who I am. Uh, and what I would probably just finish up on then, because this has been fantastic, I have to say, Polly, I gave up on following the questions because it's like you're answering them all. It's fantastic. <laughs> is finally, what would be your final words or advice to anyone? So not just within your areas, but just across so any discipline, anyone um, with the importance of having a flexible approach to their career planning. Okay. So what is it I tell my students? I say, as you, and especially for the first years, I say, mm -hmm. as you move through the next three or four years of your studies, find something that really interests you at this time. And then think about, are there other things that also interest you <laughs> at this time? Pick those up and follow them. And one of my students made a, I needed some quotes for an application I was doing recently. One of my students did a really good one. He said, Holly teaches you it's not just about your grades, because to be honest, it's not. Um, mm -hmm. And he says it's about enjoying what you do, whether it is, and he mentioned various things we've done in classes where, you know, it's spur of the moment of decide we're going to go do something interesting today. Let's go do that. Um, instead of, it was tied to the topic of the day, but it was just randomly happened that week, something popped up and we were going to do that. Um, and so just going on this little, being open to going on this little journey, um, not so much tied into the structure. I've got to do these assessments. You do have to do them. Um, but finding the things that are interesting to you. Now, I do know I run into students all the time, like, I've got to get my qualification. I'm focused on this. I'm focused on my assessments. And that's okay. I'm quite open to that. But um, the ones who do well, really well post-study, mm. um, are the ones who've like, this is really interesting. I want to do that. Um, and so with um, my one of my students, she started out as an environmental science student, um, but she'd had a background in the food industry many years prior. Um, and she actually, you know, was doing both at the same time. She switched over to food. Um, and then I mentioned um, some things regarding jobs and she wanted to stay local. So we ended up getting her on a placement into Wombo at one role. And then there was a longer term, much more senior role um, that came up later on. Um, and she's now in there quite happy. She graduated this year. Um, so she ended up in a QA supervisor role, which is not typical of a fresh graduate, um, but she'd had experience 10, maybe 15 years beforehand that could have helped her in that. And then the stuff that she learned while she did the degree um, helped to make her valuable to go into that role. Um, and so, yeah, she, she was just open to chat. So she was one of those students who would chat after class um, mm -hmm. or ask questions during class that went beyond just the content. So she would, you know, she picked something up that was really interesting. She goes, oh, I remember when, um, mm. or, or um, you know, picked it up. And I, I have noticed that about students over the years, the ones who are willing to go beyond the content um, will also, probably their career pathway might be a bit more accelerated than those who are, you know, happy to, to go at the pace um, that would be typical. Fantastic. So Polly, with everything you've said today, it's about that flexible career planning, but you've also linked in very much about looking for that meaningful work and yeah. what makes you excited. So we will finish today's episode, but what you have provided today has been fantastic in both an example of what you've done, but also what you're encouraging your students and all of these um, success stories that you've had. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so please, a big thank you to you for joining us and generously sharing your insights. 
Career Insights is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland Careers and Employability Team and is produced by USQ Creative Arts student Byron Quayle.